This movie single-handedly wanted me to become a bartender. At that time, he was just kind of in the brink of becoming Coyote Ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Probably is that. I I didn't interrupt you. So listen, if I want to talk about dancing on a bar, let me talk about dancing on a bar. All right? All right? Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. So, so true. I'm the storyteller, dropping the realness from my experience. HLS in the building, me and Boundaries, we ain't never been friends. Yeah, it's the logical genius. I don't think you're ready for this knowledge I'm about to drop. You are now listening to My Five Cents. My Five Cents. My Five Cents Podcast. <laughs> and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the My Five Cents Podcast, the family debate show where we pick on a topic we create debates we have a guest judge or maybe judges plural who decide who is the winner and who is the loser because we definitely have to laugh at the loser we like doing that part i think maybe more than winning so we are here for another episode and this episode i I, i'm not feeling well but i had to come today because this one was personal it felt personal because the topic for today is movies that are rotten but really are not okay by rotten we're going by the score of rotten tomatoes okay so movies that rotten tomatoes has deemed as being bad or being rotten but really aren't and gosh i guys before we introduce our guest judges let me ask you this how did you feel about this homework assignment? This assignment is going through this. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? There's a wide range of what Rotten Tomatoes considers rotten. Some of my favorites, some of my favorites got very, very negative reviews. I want to talk about it today. You know what's funny? I, I started, I did the reverse, right? I started looking, I'm like, oh, these are my favorite movies. Only to find out that a lot of them, Rotten Tomatoes said, yeah, your favorite movies are trash, right? And I, I was kind of hurt in that in that regard, but we'll see what happens. Definitely. I definitely had that same feeling. I, it ended up getting personal at one point. I mean, I was doing my research, and then it just went to a rabbit hole. And I said, you think this is trash too? No way. So I had like a list of like 12, 14 movies, and then it's like, man, how do I get down to five? But I guess to help us out with this, let me introduce you to tonight's guest. At some point over a decade ago, these so-called weirdos, their term, not ours, <laughs> began recording themselves being dingbats, once again, their terms, and talking about movies, TV, entertainment, horror, and more random stuff. This became a podcast called The Scene Snobs. Then it became a series of different shows which developed into a whole channel which turned into a community all through the hard work and dedication of Mick Manhattan and Casey the Madman, but mostly Mick, if we're really being honest. You can tell I did not write this bio, okay? And I feel like I got set up. They told me to do this bio. <laughs> Wait a second. I didn't... <laughs> hold, on. Hold, hold on a second. Casey, I want to let you know. This is my first time reading the bio. They set me up here. Casey, I, I think that you are very important with what goes no. on. It was perfectly done. 
I agree too, like considering <laughs> I didn't write this bio either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> make, make sure you cash app so so juve at so so juve. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, let me continue with this wonderful bio. This is, I think, might be the lengthiest bio ever that we have right now. They're on screen and on pad- podcast chemistry and hilarious nonsense has led to a growing network of fans, friends, fans who are friends, and friends who are fans. This community has become known as Snob Nation, a name which is both ridiculous and yet somehow charming. Please welcome to the show, Mick and Casey, the Mad Man. Welcome, 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 fellas. What's up, gentlemen? Welcome Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You guys gave us a run for our money in the movie tournament. We tried. We tried. Did we? You did. You guys did a good job. Some some backstory for our audience. So our, our good friends at TTFT invited us on the March Madness movie trivia game show. HLS and I, Sosu Jew, had a sick day apparently again. Oh. Uh, showed up and went up against the scene snobs who are all about movies, right? So we were way out of our league when it comes to movies. Like we know things. You know, we were I know definitely the HLS, underdogs. But HLS stepped up and did his thing. But it was a, it was a good time. It was a great show. Good energy. It was, but, it was. but yeah, you guys whipped us. We were close for maybe one or two rounds. That first round was tight. That first round was close. Y'all were giving us giving us the gusto. It was a tough one. Huh? HLS came through with some strong strong answers. He did. We see. <laughs> we see what happens is I'll I'll be behind in a contest like that, and then I think of the movie Over the Top. When I do, is I turn my hat. Oh, you back, turn your head. <laughs> like a light switch. Put your thumbs. Your thumbs went over. Uh, you got the thumbs. I'm like, oh, okay. And then okay. he's just like, ooh. <laughs> it's it <gets> weird. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to TTFT. Uh, and if you haven't checked out their YouTube channel, definitely go ahead and check yeah, that out. So yeah. let me start off with this question for both Casey and Mick. What is your superpower and how has it helped you in your journey? Wow, that's a great question. My super, I don't, wow. I, I, I mean, I'll I, start I, with mine. Mine is yeah. self-deprecating humor. That's it absolutely immediately oh it is my ability to speak to anyone it comes from the fact that i can make fun of anything about me and immediately <laughs> disarm anyone and we can all become friends because sure. that's it's life is simple we should all treat each other with respect and get to know each other and i love listening to other people's opinions and getting to meet more people especially through this podcast community so i'd say that'd be my superpower that's a good one and <laughs> i know we've had this conversation before we're both very good at that. Like we'll self-deprecate before you can come after us. We'll we'll tear ourselves down because we learned an eight mile very easily. If you tear yourself down first, you give them nothing. <laughs> Just not, not, nothing. I think what you going back to that little tournament there, you submitted a clip in which Mick, your your face was all up in the toilet bowl. I said, Wow, this is dedication that clearly that, the three of us did not have. That might be my superpower, my dedication to my craft. <laughs> he is severely devoted, like clinically devoted. And it's funny when people watch that video, they are, they say to me, they're like, Why would you let Casey trick you like that? And I'm like, No. I told him this is, ex- we planned it out to a T. I said, we're going to do it this way because he wouldn't, unless mm. I told him do it. 
he wouldn't do it. He was actually kind of nervous about doing it. He's like, I don't want you to go in the toilet. I was like, I was it's cleaning it. It's a bridge too like far, man. Hours. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah, he cleaned it all day. Like, I walked in and he was like, you don't touch that front bathroom. I was like, all right. <laughs> Nobody touched it all day. It's pristine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, go for it. Just do it, man. And he did it. And he did a great job. So you talk about your, your, your family that you have, Snob Nation. How did this all come to pass? Yeah, you got from just starting off with the two of you to this whole snob nation. I think it just comes from we we realized when we were doing this early on what we want as a community. Like we want to be able to talk to people, we want to be able to interact, have a good time. And if people like what we do, you know, we don't want them to feel like you're a listener. We want them to feel like they're involved and like everybody get to know each other. So we really push for that. Like one of our big mantras on the show is and this is like us in life i used to drunk text casey this all the time is what's the strongest ship in the fleet friendship so we push it i like that you know so like yeah we're all about it like and i i love every week when we are live whether it's on our morning show on fridays or it's our main podcast on tuesdays everybody in the chat who's joining in with us is just talking to each other Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Were you going to be here this time? Or like, they will go hang out at conventions. It, we are really pushed like on our discord and stuff. Just let's do this together. Let's have a good time. We were actually, we got back into podcasting. We've been podcasting for almost six, seven years together before we jumped into the scene snobs. And when Mick got really rolling with it, we actually opened it up to a channel for a little bit and we're working with a whole lot of other different shows. And that really is where I feel like it kind of started to, to blossom there really early on when we had a whole bunch of other people we were interacting with and just everyone getting to know everybody else's crowds and just getting to see all these different scenes together, just intermingling. It was wonderful. So then we jumped onto the Discord channel and we started to interact a lot more through there. And that's where we really built the the connection with the Sobs Nation. And then we got everybody involved in the live shows. So over the last couple of years, that's really been blossoming. So it's just wonderful to have everyone interact. And and that's, that's the way the community should be. Yeah, we, we've always said, like you guys said, hanging out in a bar and mm-hmm. and talking to each other and just having a good time is that's what you go for here. That's similar to us. Like we, we grew up, we worked in video stores growing up and you guys know the vibe, like you're in the video movie. Video stores, what are those? Explain to our younger audience <laughs> yeah. what video stores are, please. <laughs> we don't have any well, you see, back in my day, you wandered all the way down to town to see if they had one VHS maybe <laughs> i'll pill both ways <laughs> oh yeah so we just wanted that vibe of like hanging out with your buddies just talking about your favorite movies or tv or whatever video games all nine and just everybody feels like they're in it when did you guys kind of felt like you had a community was it was it like casey what you said when you had that other podcast and you were podcasting with or interacting with other podcasters where you felt Hey, we, we should start a discord or we should start a, a separate thing outside of the podcast. What, what ultimately made you kind of go that route and, and start that? Nick, if you want to jump on that one. Sure. You, um, you spearheaded, you pioneered it, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were, Casey and I talked about, it. we were on another show called Mystery Elf and we had a great time with that. But back then it was just recordings that we put out and we found a lot of people were listening to it and like talking to us, but social media wasn't on facebook we had a page and stuff and we can kind of talk to people there but we we're never connecting with anyone so when we got into this it was like we definitely want to connect more we want to do things 2020 hadn't come about yet so like we were kind of opening up to that and we knew that if we went live 
we'd be able to connect with people more. And, and once that became more available through the pandemic and everything, you know, people were just looking for entertainment and we didn't want them to feel like you're watching us. We want them to feel like they were in it with us. And people really took to it. And like, we just, it opened up more with social media and then we would go to events and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And, and logical for you. I'd say it was like right around that time at the same time when we really were hitting people in 2020, when we were doing a lot of the live shows and everyone was locked in and that opening the discord at that time became the strong connection. That's when the bonds mm -hmm. were really made when it was like, yeah, we're all in this, we're doing it together. Yeah. And it was a, at the time I, I believe powerfully in the, in the, power of of laughter i think joy can overcome a lot of things and it Very can true. help bring us together and help move past a lot of hardships so that's something Great. i always push for yeah. yeah and that's a, that was one of our big things with that too is and i love that he said laughter because i would i would normally say like entertaining like our, our, that's like our one key our first rule is be entertaining so even if we're getting into something that's pissing us off even if we're talking about something that is going on in the world that's that's hard don't make fun of it. Don't poke fun at it because no people are suffering, but let's, let's bring light to it. Let's bring a levity to it and have a good time. Speaking of escape movies are at least for me, a huge escape. I could be sci-fi, be an astronaut for two hours. I could be a diver for two hours, right? Th that's one thing I love about movies. And with the streaming services, you have Paramount plus you, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, whatever. And all of these things, all of these streaming services are trying to find original content and some of them are making movies. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the quality of movies have gone down with the rise of streaming services? I don't think they've gone down. I think there's just more. So the percentages are going to, you're going to have back in the day and, and sorry, I get into it. I, I'm a former filmmaker. So I, I, I transferred from that to doing this. Mm -hmm. So like, so I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so do we, so do we, so you're, you're a good company. <laughs> yeah. So with this, like, it's just, it's, it's opened up more it's, and it kind of can be attributed to the same as what's going on with podcasting. Like people got bored while they're sitting at home. And now we turned from 400,000 podcasts to 3 million podcasts. Like, and not all, of them, most of them aren't active. Most of them aren't good. It just is what it is present company excluded all of us. We, I think we do good work here, but thank you because we, we we're passionate. We love what we do. It's not a hobby for us, but it's the same with movies. You get a lot of people who are like, well, it's a little more readily available than it was 20 years ago when they were either using high eight cams or yeah. the, the digital cams were well, actually 10 years ago, I guess, <laughs> but 20 years ago, it, it was a little harder to make a movie. You had to raise some money, some funds to get the equipment you needed. Yeah. phones weren't readily right there available so it's that now in today's world anybody can be on youtube anybody can make a movie anybody on tiktok can make like a one minute movie and it works so it's just all there that's yeah, the yeah. that's the big thing it's just that we have so much of it now the majority is always going to be bad <laughs> but you can still enjoy it like i i still i still say like even a bad movie is good because you can find something to enjoy in it fair fair yeah Agreed. And HLS specifically to your point, for me, I think it's been odd in the transition because I've seen those kind of miniseries or the limited two series runs that get maybe eight episodes a series. Those have become way more prevalent and far more fan like wonderful as far as a form of escape. And that's where a lot of the movies we grew up on have transitioned in storytelling into those long form shows. And yeah. the biggest problem I have with it 
is trying to find 16 hours to sit straight <laughs> and try to watch the right. whole thing. Like that just <laughs> it doesn't shot, exist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. So this I miss true. my condensed story too. So yeah, there's the give and take there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the quality, I think to answer your question, from my perspective, Fisher-less, like I think the quality, it causes the studios to put out better quality movies because everyone remembered, at least we do like made for TV movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty oh, yeah. bad. These these Hallmark type movies. <laughs> it was just like the acting wasn't as good. The the writing mm-hmm. was was yeah. just as bad. It didn't have that movie theater quality. But I think and I, I I could be wrong, but I credit Netflix with this when they started dropping their own original content. And then they they were like, All right, we're gonna make our own movie. Quality of the movie was like movie theater quality, special effects or whatever, budget even. Agreed, agreed. But mm-hmm. not everyone I guess my theory is not everyone has a Netflix budget. Before it was just maybe lifetime mm-hmm. movies, which were just you knew <laughs> lifetime movies just were just gonna be Okay. They were lifetime movies. <laughs> they were, like, they were lifetime like, movies. Yeah, okay, right? Well, like the, they were always the Disney sad. Channel movies, right? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, but now, like, you have literally almost every streaming service now has a movie division, and mm-hmm. to have that, you also have you need more actors, and some of these actors aren't. A-list. They just aren't that good. They might just be coming out of school. The visual quality is just not going to be good. Technology isn't that good. So for me, I guess to your point, what you were saying earlier, Mick, like the ratio may still be the same because good movies are still out there, but it just seems like there's just so many bad ones you have to weed through. Yeah, there's more players in the game. Oh yeah, for sure. And and honestly, I've always said, personally, if you go into making a movie for money or with the idea that isn't about story first. So if you go in and you're like, Hey, I'm going to make a movie that's filled with sex and comedy and everything else, but you have no story that you want to tell. It's going to be terrible. It, it is because you're just, the story is always the most important thing. That's the most gripping thing. You can have a million naked girls in your movie, or you can have explosions everywhere. You can do this, that, or anything, Michael Bay, but you know, if you don't <laughs> have story, <laughs> it's it's just going to be worse. Like I hear a lot of people talk about Transformers. And like I got my giant robots fighting. A lot of people say that to me, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. But I have no idea what the through line story is, and it's not interesting to me. The sound effects, the visual effects, everything are great. Yeah, yeah. And it is giant robots fighting, but I need more than that because yeah, no, and I hear. Not here. Then. That's fine. They totally let the key grip finish that story, and they just went ahead and gave me giant robots fighting. And then, the and then was the catering guy. Up. Was it the caterer? I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Someone God. they lost in a poker bet, and they were like, "Ah, just let this guy finish." Yeah, we don't that's need it. it. Finish the script for us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Spe- speaking of someone who makes movies to make movies, as as you point to, about the story, would you consider Steven Spielberg super influential? Yes. He is as influential as an Orson Welles. Uh Orson Welles, as a director, really didn't... He didn't do anything... He didn't make like a a hugely popular movie. I mean, Touch of Evil was, but he didn't direct that. That's why he was fine as an actor. But like Citizen Kane's not famous because of its story. Most people don't even remember its story. True. It's a terrible movie, I thought. A terrible movie. Mm -hmm. It is. But watch it just turn off the sound and watch it the things he does in that movie are groundbreaking still to this day the techniques of cinematography 
were never touched on like that before and and sometimes aren't even touched down since like yeah. it, it it was it was that's why that was groundbreaking and he told a simple story so you can get behind it it's boring it is a boring story but like okay. if you love the imagery of it you're gonna enjoy it that's why i mean like yeah it's a bad movie but you can find things that are truly incredible about certain things now with steven spielberg he did he tells great stories yeah sometimes stories that like whatever they're not great they're kind of boring but he tells some great stories always looks good mm-hmm. always well put together and he he's influential because that's a guy who stepped in and not only did he make things that really shine like we see jj abrams is 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 big on him now like it's always been big on him i mean with amblin type of filmmaking Mm -hmm. Uh, there's tons of filmmakers that you can attribute be like that's just like steven spielberg zemeckis another one that was one of his brain children with like so he's very influential but he's also the type of guy as a as a filmmaker i think he's going to go down as one of the greatest producers of all time Mm. because most people don't understand his what he's put out as a producer casey would you say spielberg might be one of the most influential people of our generation mm, that's an interesting question considering movies have influenced so much of our lifestyle since the 60s really mm-hmm. we've moved forward as a popular culture and been heavily influenced with our imitating life imitating art so the fact that spielberg has had his finger on so many things as a producer and put so much forward, especially when we were young, and even giving those stories to our kids that we can share with our kids at Mm -hmm. a relatively young age. So his influence has, I'd say, probably probably be one of the most influential people of our time, yeah. Thank you. I just needed to hear that. I need that validation. And I like that. Sometimes he has a low self-esteem. He's fishing for compliments. That's what he's Pump him up, pump him up, pump him up. And I hate to compliment Casey on this, but he is such an amazing brain for history. Like, almost annoyingly so. We've driven on road trips, and, like, we'll drive through some town, and I've never even heard of anyone ever existing with this name. And he will tell an entire tale about how they were like the general in this army and like they did this during the Revolutionary War. And I'm like, we're in North Carolina. What are you doing? Like, what happened? Like, where are we? Like, what are you wait, talking wait, wait, wait. about? But, but do you fact check him afterwards or do you think he's just yanking your chain? And no, like, he you know, he, he's going to believe me anything. He's going to believe it's anything. It's ridiculous how much stuff he knows. Logical, don't. Don't give away my secret. I'm <laughs> guiding him. I'm guiding him. All right. <laughs> if I know nothing but wrong history, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> so, scene, scene snobs, you had an award ceremony that you called the the snobbies that yes. came out not too long ago. I know that Mick, you mentioned you know being a, I don't know if it's former or current filmmaker, mm-hmm. but switching the lens to being a critique and having your award ceremony like what is your thought process in now being on the critical end of entertainment well that's that's a beautiful part i'm i don't do any judging on this award yeah. so we have a judges panel and i'm like here you take them you listen to them you rate them and i'm going away <laughs> and i'll host <laughs> and i'll produce the show but i do review movies and and one thing a very long time ago i used to listen to critics all the time because when they were on tv 
they were king the leonard malton books buying them you know it, like when you're really getting into it like you want to know what are the critics like because that's what everybody likes that's not the case i was in college i was like one of my creative writing courses and i went to film school years years god too many years ago but uh, i and i was sitting there and there was a i can't remember the website he wrote for this is like 2006 i think something like that and it was when Superman Returns was coming out and he, he came in and he was going to talk to us about what it's like to be a movie reviewer or critic in, in the industry. And I'm asking him questions before he gets started. And I'm like, so have you seen Superman Returns yet? What did you think? I was just coming out. I'd love to hear what you think. And he completely was like, I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking, for, looking forward to seeing it this weekend, blah, 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 talking. And then as soon as he started his speech to the class he was completely trashing it oh and because somebody else had asked and he was just like yeah well it's blah 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 and superman what completely trashed it and i sat there and i listened to it pissed i am my my brain was like overheating and i'm like are you kidding you you just told me you haven't seen it and not that he's saying he saw it now but like he's trashing it so when I got into this, my one rule and like what Casey knows, because it was my run rule with anybody who's going to review on the scene snobs, you have integrity. You don't talk about a movie. If you haven't seen it, you don't, if you're going to speculate, you make sure you're saying you're speculating and that you have to see. And if you're going to speculate about something, you're going to see it. I don't care. Like it's, 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 and if you hate it, then, then you're going to make an informed argument on why you hate it which I try to put together really good arguments for why I hate things. So <laughs> good at it. He's good at it. <laughs> yeah. Hate just the hate doesn't make sense, but if you can justify the hate, it makes a little bit more sense. Exactly. And there's also always something good you can find in anything. So yeah, like, sure. honestly, if you're looking at something like, I mean, I absolutely despise the English patient. It's the worst movie ever made. And I don't know how it was. It's just awful, but it's pretty. And there's good. It's very pretty. <laughs> it's just <laughs> miserable. It's a slog. But yeah, no, I get it. There's always something. Yeah. Well, I have to say this, Mick. You do not have a panel to save you this time as we transition <laughs> to the next stage of the show. So, logical genius, please explain to the seed snobs what is going to happen next with the topic of movies that are. I guess rotten, but really aren't that bad. We really think that they're good. Go ahead and tell them what's going to happen next. All right, scene snobs. So what HLS, Social Juvenile are going to do, we're going to present to you our top five list of movies, rotten movies that are actually really, really good. Each of us has our own list and we need your expertise to let us know which list is the best because we, we need to know, we need to end this debate. Beautiful. You've got yeah. two guys who are ready to do it. Nice. There's, there's a whole lot of great movies out there that were poorly rated. Let's see what you got. I'm right. telling you right now, if one of you has the English patient on there, you're going to lose. You're done. You're done. that off my list. HLS, please tell the seed snobs, what is the criteria for judging? So you guys are movie lovers, movie fans, movie historians, knowledgeable in, in all things movies, film. So you should be able to get this criteria. There is no criteria. None. You might <laughs> like the fact that English Patient is not on my list. And that's why you deem me as number one. You get 10 points. You might like the <laughs> presentation 
of the list. You might like the variety of the list. It is completely 100% up to you. All right. So your first decision that you have to make is whose list do you want to hear from first? Oh, this is so much power already. I don't know what to do. What do I do with this? <laughs> with with much I, power it comes much responsibility. I think I, I think I, I know a good lineup, Casey. What do you think about so so? Then we'll go logical, and then HLS to finish this off. You know what? I think that's great. We'll let so so lead off since we didn't hear from him during the March Madness. And, and trust me, I did that for a reason. There's a reason I did that order. Okay. We want to hear it at the end. We want to hear it. We definitely want to hear that at the end. So. Here we are, fellas. This, when I tell you this topic, was something that ended up becoming, like, personal. Came very, very personal for me. And what Rotten Tomatoes considers as rotten is something that is under 60%. So there was plenty of movies under 60% that I was like, oh, my gosh, how is this considered rotten? So going through the list, the way I had to put my list together is actually went by percentages and worked my way down through my list. So I'm going to start off with number five with a 38% rotten score. And all I have to say is, or sing, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. And that's synonymous with Armageddon. I couldn't believe Armageddon was a 38% score. I mean, when Bruce Willis rips the 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 tag off of his jacket and gives it to Ben Affleck, and then he's, I, I cried. I shed a tear in Armageddon, and I couldn't believe that it was 38%. Oh, man. This leads me to number four, which is at 38% as well, which is on my top five sequels of all time where one individual single-handedly ends the Cold War. And we are talking about Rocky, Rocky IV. Oh, my gosh. I could have I was like, Rocky IV, the best out of that whole franchise, the best movie out of that whole franchise? We do not have the Creed movies without Rocky IV. That whole plot line is due to Rocky IV, and it is 38% by Rotten Tomatoes. I can't even believe what I was reading. At number three in, I guess, the original movie, because this is a sequel to that, and I totally forgot that I, this, this was a sequel, you had Harrison Ford thinking that he was tough jumping off that dam. And then Wesley Snipes said, hold my beer. I'm going to go jump off of this roof and end up on such train. U.S. Marshals with 30%. Now, this is one of those movies that you could be at home minding your own business, and the TV happens to be on, and TNT starts playing U.S. Marshals, and before you know it, you're watching U.S. Marshals with commercials. You don't even know why, because you have the DVD, and you could just pop it in, but you're watching it with commercials. U.S. Marshals, 30%. At number two, 15%. White Chicks. This was just awesome. White Chicks is a great movie, Okay. I mean, first and foremost, the reverse blackface, right? You had, you, had, you, you had them dressing up in whiteface. Like, this was awesome. Then you had Terry Crews with A Thousand Miles. That rendition was awesome. And then when he takes a bullet only to find out that the white chick was a black man, he's like, the deception. So cold. Negro, please. 
How is white chicks at 15%? And at number one with 9% is Norbit. I don't think <laughs> I that, that was I think that this Eddie Murphy, now Eddie Murphy, he went on a little bit of a slump a little bit. But for some reason, Norbit, I loved Norbit. Respucia, just bullying him. Has anybody been in a relationship where they've been bullied? I mean, yes. I, I, I'm totally with it. You had Eddie Griffin, who was like in the movie. You had Cat Williams, who was in the movie, with one of my favorite lines where they're like, it's raining little white women. And Cat Williams is like, my prayers have been answered. And Eddie Griffin is like, let's walk away because I prayed for a Cadillac. That's like, that's, oh, man, that's my five right there. That's all I got to say. That's my five cents. Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. I, I really got beef with whoever comes up with it. I, I, we need to get them on the show because, like, I got beef with y'all. My question to you, Snee Snobs, is who do you want to hear from next? Is that, did they say Logical Genius or HLS? Yeah, me. I'm up. I'm up to the plate. Go Let's ahead. Let's do it, Logical. Oh, man, this is, this is a very... I was excited about this topic because I feel like our lists are going to be completely different. Every now and then we have overlap, but it's just a very broad and wide topic and options. Wide open. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. But so at number five, I was actually surprised to see it, but I'm kind of not surprised. But this movie, and this is something our family, Social Juvenile HLS, we say this line all the time. We ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. So this movie, Rotten Tomatoes gave it, the critics gave it 43%. And it's a movie that paired two of the most popular actors at the time, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And I know you were knocking Michael Bay earlier, Mick, but it was a great movie. It was, And we, I've watched it dozens and dozens of times. It's a cult classic, but I have that number five. Number four was very surprising to me. Again, at 35%, I have... One of the all-time great Christmas movies, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. How did that get 35%? It's a movie that, yes, it, it, it rinsed and repeat a lot of the things from part one, but it worked. I mean, I mean, one of my favorite scenes was, was the hotel scene with the concierge chasing him and, and the gangster scene, right? You, you were smooching with everybody. <laughs> Little Mo with the gimpy leg and, and Clifford. And then the security guy was named Clifford. It was, it was one of the funniest like scenes in the movie out of many. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. Like, come on. Like, like classic, classic movie plays every single year just as much as part one. If you watch part one, you automatically have to watch part two. Number three is a, is another cult classic. And I was surprised by this rating. Well, I'm not actually, no, no. It, I'm, I'm really not surprised by these. I can see why critics were panicked because they're, they're, they're finicky. But Final Destination got 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. And another cult classic. I mean, this is a movie that that spawned when I think there was like four movies that came after this. So if it was really that bad, why were there four of the sequels or five of the sequels? It had the the anticipated death scene that you were kept on prolonging. The airplane explosion scene, ironically, was like a year before 9-11. Had that movie came out a year later, probably would have been completely cut from the from the film. I think everyone like quotes that movie or references that movie when it comes to weird, weird, freaky things that happen in life. Number two, this is an interesting one. I, I think I, I watched this movie whenever it came on the Sci-Fi Channel. I watched Event Horizon. Um, it is a movie that got thirty-two percent of Rotten Tomatoes. You, what you thought was going to be like a sci-fi, pure sci-fi movie, right? And you were like, "Oh, where's it going with this?" Talking about the black hole, and, the, and then you find out it's like a gate to hell, and then Sam turns into this red skin reverse with scars all over. 
So it was very much like Hellraiser-ish type of movie. But it was an interesting movie. It had you intrigued throughout the movie until the end. And okay, maybe you didn't like the end. Maybe you did. But it was still very, very interesting. And number one, I, I, I appreciate this movie. But it got a zero. It got a donut <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. It is another Eddie Murphy movie. A Thousand Words. So this movie was very entertaining in that normally Eddie Murphy's known for like his 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 voicing, his, his, his you know how he he speaks his lines and how he, he animates his lines. And it was a movie where he couldn't speak, right? It's all physical comedy from his end, and it worked, right? And it was a touch movie where he's trying to go through his life knowing that his death is imminent. But I was surprised it got zero zero percent. That that's crazy on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero, no critic liked that movie whatsoever, which is unheard of. Maybe not unheard of, but I was just surprised by it. So a thousand words is my number one, just because the the leap from zero to where it really should be is is just that far. And seeing stops, that's my five cents. So are you guys still awake? You guys still with us? Dug it. Oh, right yeah. here, man. Oh, Rocking yeah. and rolling. Because that was so underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my five cents of the topic. <clears throat> I gave myself a bit of a challenge. All of my movies are rated 25% or lower. The list itself is a challenge for you. <laughs> so here we go. And number five, this movie single-handedly wanted me to become a bartender. At that time, he was just kind of in the brink You're of becoming... Not Coyote Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is that. I, I didn't interrupt you. So listen, if I want to talk about dancing on a bar, let me talk about dancing on a bar. All right? All right? So at number five, with just 9%, no, it's not Coyote Ugly. It's Cocktail. Tom Cruise came out with Top Gun a couple of years ago prior to that. But this movie was a huge success. It, after that, he came with Blockbuster after Blockbuster after Blockbuster. At number five, I have Coyote at 9%. It made $171 million gross. The story was kind of fucked up. It, it, he wanted to be a business guy. Then he opened his own bar and his best friend was cheating with his girlfriend. It, the story was terrible. But the glitz, the glamour, the nightlife, I'm like, yo, I want to be that. I want to be a bartender. My hand-eye coordination is terrible, so I can't juggle. I still became a bartender. I just can't do all, all that all that flair. At number four, this movie stars one of my favorite actors, a super tearjerker. He played probably the, the father that I want to be, right? He risked it all for his son. This movie with 25%. With Denzel Washington, John Q. The story, you know, he's down on his luck. And his kid needed a heart transplant. And he's like, yo, I'm going to do anything. I'm going to hold up this hospital. You're going to save my son. James Woods is like, nah, let the kid die. Denzel was like, F that. Save my son. And number three, this was the third in the trilogy. Huge hit for the first one. Monster hit for the second one. Monster hit for the third one. Little Fockers. You had to meet the parents. You had to meet the Fockers. You got to come with part three with the kids. Little Fockers. Ben Stiller, one of, I would say comedic genius. He's made a bunch of movies that I, I think are, are hilarious. Little Fockers at number three. Number two, So So Juve said it. It's on my list as well. I couldn't take it off because it's just that good of a movie. I have white chicks at 15%. It, it was such a huge hit. Even to this day, Marlon Wayans is asked if they're going to come out with the White Chicks too. Times have changed. 
reverse blackface. I don't think it would work. I don't think he could do it. But he still asks to this day. He was just on Drink Champs, I think, what, two weeks ago. Another podcast, shout out to Drink Champs. He was asked, are they going to come out the White Chicks too? Because it was that huge of a hit. It made $113 billion. Huge hit. Monster. And number one. Billion? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> billion? Would it be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, unless I read it wrong. My bad. You can fact check me later. Fact check me later. No, just make sure you remember the seeds now. We're fact checking you now. What do you mean later now? <laughs> Listen, I have a guy who tells me history all the time, and I don't know if it's right or not, so this is good. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> At number one, I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you guys remember the Flying V? Jesus. The Flying V. The Mighty Ducks. Technically, it was a flop. But I love that movie. I love that movie. That movie didn't make a lot of money. It only made $50 million on a $10 million budget. It wasn't a huge success. But the success of that movie, just the movie in itself, outside of the dollar amount, launched a franchise. A fr- and it launched the National Hockey Team called the Mighty Ducks. Fantastic movie. Shout out to to <laughs> he became a Saturday night Saturday night live cast member. Shout out to Emilio Estevez who who stayed true to his name and didn't change it to Sheen. He didn't want to be Americanized. I love that movie, The Flying V. I wanted to, I wanted to play street hockey at a certain point. I was no good at it. Oh, I can't skate. They didn't play hockey, but I I wanted to. I wanted to skate on the floor of my carpet with the Flying V as a kid. That's my five cents. On the worst movies rated by Rotten Tomatoes. Now that it's time might, for you guys. That, that might have been the worst list on top of my five cents. I don't, uh, pretty <laughs> brutal. No, pretty not. brutal. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for all of those. I mean, look, I'm with you on cocktail HLS. You got me strong there because that's why yeah. I became a bartender. So that was a good choice. <laughs> you know where you lost uh, me on cocktail? Where? <clears throat> I'm not saying you lost. I haven't made my decision yet. But you, they started making fun of you about Coyote Ugly. I'm like, oh, that was filmed in the same town as my high school while I was in high school. Mm. I was like, cool, I'll just go with that. <laughs> you, you went with cocktail. What was I did go with cocktail. Yeah, go with cocktail. I gave him a chance. I gave him an alley oop. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know, right, right. He fumbled it. Fumbled it. <laughs> well, so so you crushed it, crushed it with Rocky Four. I love the Rocky Four choice. Yeah. Excellent yes. one. Excellent yes. One. Well, this is the opportunity that we call cross-examination, where you get the opportunity to look at our list. And if there's any questions or clarifying points that you need to be made based off of our list, you can definitely do so in this moment as we try to deliberate. So, Scenes Knobs, do you have anything for cross-examination? I do. I do. All right. Start us off, Nick. I have been going through, as I'm listening to your lists, and I've been on Rotten Tomatoes typing everything in. Not that I don't believe your scores, but I have a very steadfast rule when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes. Fine, you can tell me what the critic score is. But Casey knows this. You better tell me what the audience score is. Now, not for this purpose, but like if somebody's telling me, you know, how bad a movie is. Every single movie you mentioned, every single one, in the audience score is over 50%. And it's... And it... Yeah, I mean, and that's what you got to go on. You got to go on what people really like. Now, Norbert isn't much higher than fifty. <laughs> but I will, I will. I, you know what? I'm going to tell you both. There are two different people. 
I, I, I will say this. If only one of you, so so I'm looking at you, went yes. with white chicks, you may have won. I love that movie. Yeah. I, it's so, it's it is fantastic comedy. And yeah, we don't get enough of that anymore. When they are dancing to It's Tricky and break dancing <laughs> and showing yes. up these other chicks, yes. it is one of the best scenes in that movie. And I just watched that unironically. I'll put it on on YouTube because it's a great, funny scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so much more to that movie. No, well, anything that anything weigh-ins, really. I mean, all the way back from In Living Color, all the way through. I just love Geniuses. Them. They're Geniuses. hilarious. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. brilliant. Keenan they're, they're, they're not spoken enough about mm-hmm. enough, I think, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I, no, it's absolutely I will, true. I will say this. Marlon Wayans, great comedic genius. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest stand-up. <laughs> I just yeah, watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched it, too. It's, it's a little like, eh. You're not your brothers. So, but you know, stick he, to his physical comedy. Him and Sean are great at that. A fantastic <laughs> actor, fantastic actor for sure. Now, in a thousand words, I want to make mention on this one. Yes, it, it bothered me how bad it was bombed and it was treated when that came out. I saw that in theaters, and I remember watching it. And I'm like, this is a beautiful little movie. Now mm-hmm. it's completely different from anything Eddie Murphy really does and that was like his venture with Disney at the time yeah. and I don't blame him like I'm not saying he made great movies at the time but I and even with Norbit I will challenge anybody to watch those movies and not find some really good it's things insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely that's why I was surprised zero percent I'm like wait what yeah crazy that- <laughs> that more than Norbit and, and Norbit surprises me because it's the same thing as the nutty professor like in terms of comedy mm-hmm. yep and, exactly. and him putting on the outfits and things like that it's the same thing and that movie was a wild hit 10 years earlier and it's like yeah. you just never know who who's gonna land with it or not but what did what would you guys say when you were looking at this and i'll let you each go first in order yeah, i figure we'll do it easy that way was the most shocking to you on your lists to find out where, where it was at? I think Armageddon threw me for a loop because I remember just being like, this was when I'm transitioning, I think senior high school, maybe freshman year of college. I mean, it was so prevalent like that year. So like, I didn't think, and mind you, Armageddon was like a last second pick. I was like, oh, let me just look through one more time before I go through. And I said, oh, let me try movies like, and then I saw Armageddon was 38%. I said, what? No way, 38%. Because you had Deep Impact after that. Then you had all the disaster films after Armageddon. So I think that one surprised me a lot. And then there were some that weren't on my list that definitely surprised me that I was like, wait, I don't even understand. I do have to come in with a little bit of a correction on that. Deep Impact came out first. First, did yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I think Armageddon did so well is because Deep Impact. I liked that. I didn't. I didn't hate that movie by any imagination. It, it, it was a fine disaster movie, but man, Armageddon was such a different movie. Yeah, it really it's was. Like the Rock yeah. in that. And, and Armageddon was a was a Michael Bay movie, wasn't it? It was. It yep. was. 
And I will, I will slowest stand for the... ten second countdown ever. The ten second was as long as the end credits. That's how it long. really was, <laughs> man. It's ridiculous. You can watch it, beads of sweat going down Billy Bob Thornton's face. I don't need that. No, it reminds <laughs> me of all the Dragon Ball Z episodes where it was just stare down for the entire episode. Like, okay, you're just staring at each other. They're just powering up. Week. They might move. I will say this though, in terms of Michael Bay, I know I trashed him earlier. He has no stories now, but when he was with Don. Simpson, Jerry Brockheimer. Uh-huh. They put him on some scripts, and he could yeah. he can make a movie. He just needs somebody else to write. Yeah. Well, the biggest surprise for me was definitely had to been a thousand words. I mean, zero, like no critic liked it whatsoever. Zero percent, like that's ridiculous. Not one of them, not one. And I think they have like two thousand. I think they have two thousand critics. Not one of them. And a lot of these critics are paid by the studios to give good reviews. One of them gave them a good review for that movie. Like that's just insane to me. It, and like I agree with you, Mick. It, it was a it was a beautiful movie. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. No, for me, I would say my number one, Mighty Ducks. Right? Like it. It the critics didn't like it, but kind of like kind of like what you guys said earlier. Like you're able to find something good in every movie. Mm-hmm. So someone somewhere found something good in the movie and made a sequel. It made another yeah. one. It made a TV show. It made a cartoon. And now there's a, the hockey team. So it's weird that critics said this is trash, but it's loved by so many that it's spawned a franchise. That, that was surprising to me. Sometimes I've noticed that things that are really just loved and adored are trashed by the critics because they have, a, they have so much hate within them that they must find <laughs> something wrong when so many people love it. They must prove yeah. you wrong. It just comes from a bad place. And that's why it's tough to listen to critics. They're people too. True. Yeah. Are they though? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Juve, who do you have when you went first? What, what do you have for your first cross-examination? For cross-examination, I'll make it a quick one. Home Alone 2 was suspect. At, it is just Home Alone 1 in New York. I mean, so I, I don't know. Then you lied, you followed it up with Final Destination, and you say that's like a go-to movie that people quote that movie. Who quotes that movie? <laughs> no, 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 no. I said they reference that movie. Give, give me a quote that movie. Final Destination. No, I say they reference the movie. Oh, shit. When something comes up, that's, that's a Final Destination <laughs> moment. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Final Destination Thank moment. So I said I, reference, not quote. I said reference. No, we're going we to play back that tape. Because yeah, I definitely wrote that, that. I heard a quote and I said, oh, wait, let me write this down. Because that right there, who, who, does, who does that part? I mean, I body slammed you real quick. <laughs> I will say, anytime I see a logging truck driving down the road, I get, exactly. the, I get out like, of the way, Final man. Destination. Well, the that's way. the first movie that comes into your head. Finals, even even after that movie came out, people were getting on an airplane, like thinking Final Destination. Final Destination. <laughs> yeah. Especially after 9-11. That's that's crazy. So it has six sequels. Yeah. It has six like that right there. Like you the Mighty Ducks is asinine because, like you guys said, it's it's a franchise. It came back with a reboot after creating an NHL team, a cartoon, everything you guys said. And the same I'm really surprised about Bad Boys, especially too, but yeah, Final what? Destination it had six sequels like yeah how do you yeah i don't know 
and Rocky Four, of course. Like that's that's yeah. astonishing too. Yeah, for for me, I guess Soso Juve. I would go back at. I, I think for both of you, you're number three. So Soso Juve. Yeah, U.S. Marshal. HLS. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't remember. You talk. You said Little Fockers. That that's the third movie, right? I honestly yeah. don't remember watching that movie. I, I may have seen it, but I just don't remember it. I all right. So well, U.S. Marshals. Part of my criteria in creating my list was it had to be a movie that I seen more than once. It couldn't be on my list if I only yeah, yeah, watched one. And U.S. Marshals is one of those movies. As I said, I described the TNT on a Sunday, you folding laundry, and all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. watching U.S. Yeah. Marshals. Yeah. Like, yeah, that has happened to me over and over and over. And I didn't change the channel. Why? Because U.S. Marshals was a good movie. It was The Fugitive with more action. Yeah. More fun. Wesley Snipes wearing a wig, dodging bullets. <laughs> It's just like Too Wong Fu. Was it the only channel that was working on your television? You couldn't find the remote. You were too busy folding laundry. You're like, damn it, where's the damn remote? I'm not moving up to the television to turn to change the button. I have to come to Soso's defense on this. I I was going to say it's the same reason, so so I just call them hangover days, though. (laughs) <laughs> just don't want to change the channel there's no laundry to be had when we're watching u.s marshals uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say for me i've seen the fugitive maybe a couple of times and it's a great movie but i like u.s marshals for the team is more well put together the twist at the end is better in my opinion wesley snipes not great in it it but the surrounding cast is pretty great yeah and robert downey jr yeah he was fantastic in that movie yeah. definitely uh, so it is and, pretty, and, and the fact that the mad dog Tom, tommy lee actually loses one of his team members sorry spoiler alert if you haven't seen u.s marshall <laughs> you know like that's that that that. coming like yeah that's my defense to u.s marshall you know what both of your lists have, have something on there that i i i hated i hated like I never, and I'm not gonna ask you guys to comment on it because it's my personal opinion, but I never liked Norbit. I I, I I've seen Norbit. it a couple of times and I just couldn't get into it. It just it didn't do anything for me. I have funny and, moments. I have funny. Moments. An event horizon. I don't even think that's anywhere on my radar of of movies. There's a variety in your life. That's why. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's, honestly, I had to Google event horizon. You order, you and, order a plain cheeseburger every single time, so you, you watch the same. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. I like what I like. But <laughs> oh. hey, all, all I have to say is, hey, I was Norbit at one point. So I mean, <laughs> Norbit, I can't. You had a rational Could have been the story of my life. Could have been. One of my favorite scenes that would never work in this day and age in cancel culture was the Mr. Wong speech. Oh my god! No way. It would not work. Hell no, it would not work the same age. But it was no way. Times have definitely changed. And the whale at the yeah, no way. Mm -hmm. But back then, it was fun. And just all the scenes with him, like she's just bursting into the door, like jumping on him, bursting into the door, jumping on him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So scene snobs, we're here. We want to know who you got in third place. And the way that we're going to do this, because it seems like this is the only way to make it fair, is we're going to give you a countdown. Okay. Three, two, one. And at the end of that countdown, you say the name of your third place person. Gosh, this is really hard because I just really (sighs) quickly want to say everybody has at least one movie that I love. So 
I, right. I and I to to add to that, and I do because Casey on a good point here. Every move I've seen every movie on your list, all three of your lists. Same. And I will tell you, I would watch every movie on these three lists again. So we never said it's going to be easy. Yeah, there's one that I won't, and that's my reason. So, so like, but Casey knows my big thing is like, if I'm willing to rewatch it, I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right, moment of truth. In three, two. One HLS HLS. <laughs> Buddy, I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry, man. Look, Power I'm straight up gonna course. say it, man. Hey, you little, got little, little Fockers. Fockers is on that line of I little probably Fockers. might like, I'm not I would not put, watch that again. I, I don't I would know not that watch, watch that, that again. again. You know, fun fact, I will fact, never watch that again. <laughs> I would watch HLS has ever even seen it, so I don't, <laughs> no, no, seriously. <laughs> fun fact that was my replacement. So so Jew had no, was it so so Jew? No, logical genius had bad boys five at number five. I had mm. bad boys two on my list and mm. I swapped it out to not be redundant. Bad boys two got 23%. I had it on my list and I swapped you would have been real close to you would have been real close to winning. You would have been real close to winning if you yeah. put bad boys two on there. So let me ask you this because this was about to be on my list was meet the Fockers over mm-hmm. little Fockers. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, I I liked I, the first one. I really liked first one. I thought was really good. Meet the parents yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Fockers yeah. was was good. It's you funny. Know, it was a follow up. It was funny. Yeah. And, and if I can laugh at it, Little Fockers was funny too. Once or twice, it, it gets yeah. It's it, kind of it, aged. It's it moved past. I I don't. I'm not down with that anymore. I'm just moved. Nah, nah. I don't know. Yeah, everything else on your list though, I I, I do really like though. Dude, white chicks guns. is hilarious, man. Cocktail, like I said, it's one of the reasons I became a bartender. John Q is the father I would be too. So oh. that's I'm with you. Yo, yeah, I was like, you you almost hooked me as a dad. You almost hooked me with John Q. What? And then yeah. you immediately went with Little Fockers, and I was like, <laughs> I was out. He clearly has no. I swear you, that, that was my that was my last minute because I so, so I had white chicks, and I didn't want to repeat So So Juve, and then uh. and then I didn't want to repeat Logical Genes with Bad Boys. I said I had Bad Boys too, but you know it's funny. It's all about the order. If I went first, mm-hmm. I would have kept my list original. Yeah. But, oh, yep. stop your mansplaining. Yeah. You don't I'm hear just it. saying. Story of so, your life. Story so of your life. Just following us around. That's, that's who, who's number one? Who's All number right. One? Get... We want to know who is number one. Care about second. I, I do want. Yeah. I do want to correct Casey on something he said, though. No, Casey, you would not be the father in John Q. You'd clearly be the father in Armageddon. We rip off the patch, kick Ben Affleck yeah. onto the ship, and you're like, yeah. "I'll take care of business." Obviously, girl, who I would be. Clearly. I will take care of business. Thousand percent. There you go. Oof. Shed the <laughs> tear moment. Shed the tear He'd moment. He'd save the world, not just his child. Oof. But you know, save most important, child. her first. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it comes with her first. That's why you kick Ben Affleck into the ship. Yeah, into the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So we want to know who's number one. We don't care about number two. <laughs> we want the answer in three, two, one. Logical, Logical genius. genius. Thank you. Thank wow. you. I know what I'm talking about. Wow. I know what I'm talking about. I can, I can, do you guys want to know why? Of course. I mean, I, I want to know why. The audience wants to know why, but 
okay. we already know why. It's the logical one. It's the logical choice. In my opinion, the best movie on this, on all three of these lists all together, as a movie, mm-hmm. Event Horizon. Yes. Agreed. A hundred percent. It is a fantastic movie. It is scary. It is scary, just great. Thriller, Brilliant visual, performances. Yep. Beautiful. Bad Boys is one of my all-time favorite movies ever since I had the cassette, so all day. Home Alone 2 has the funniest scene when they're dropping bricks onto a man's head, and he should clearly be dead, and he just keeps wandering around like a moron. (laughs) Final Destination, another one of my favorites. It takes me right back to high school, so with you all day on that one. And actually, A Thousand Words Having 0% is very shocking, because I only saw it once, and I'm not saying that I love the movie, but it was entertaining. It was different, and I enjoyed it, so... Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, but uh, so honestly, man, Norbit was the only one that, that held me back with you, buddy. Everything else I loved. Uh, everything else I love your list, too. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's all, it, it's all for the good. It took me to compare everything. Mm-hmm. Like your all of your movies together in my head, I'm just like, if I had to pick five movies out of this list, it would be an amalgamation of all of them. But like, mm-hmm. if I had to go with five movies from each of you, the ones I would definitely watch the most is Logical Genius. There you go. Well, actually, that's actually our next question is, (laughs) what is your five cents on the topic? How would you guys go? All right. Well, Casey, uh, like he's ready. He's like, I've been waiting. Yeah, go for ahead, man. You got oh, it. I am, buddy. Casey. I am. All right. So I, I just went once again, anything that's not certified fresh, which is under 60%. Mm-hmm. So my first one that I actually found on there was Bad Boys. Because <laughs> I was like, how is this not? Like, you've yeah, got to yeah. be kidding me. That does, that's, doesn't make sense. It's a good movie. Even if you, you're not a fan of the genre, it's still the genre persona. It's perfect. It's what those 90s action movies were. And Michael Bay made everything feel hot. And there were a lot of good explosions. So it was perfect. Number four for me is Ghostbusters 2. How in the world is Ghostbusters 2 not high, more highly rated now it's at 53 percent, so it's relatively high but because we've seen it yeah i mean i love it <laughs> i'm kidding Su- okay. my number three is super troopers oh. which only got 35 percent. i love that's that a movie. funny movie that's a funny movie <laughs> i think it's hilarious i laugh Great. at it all the time and it's one of those that i can always watch so i'm yeah, mind boggled that that one was not more highly rated that's a good one and number number two for me is hook at 29 percent, i was mind boggled that a spielberg movie hls was at 29 (laughs) percent. that was a backup movie for me for my list that's a really good one yeah so that one really threw me and then my number one gosh i almost changed it to event horizon knowing how low it is that that's mind-boggling you almost you almost got me but it's actually disturbing behavior which is movie. a 1997 Katie Holmes, James Marsden movie. That was like that classic teenager, the yeah. faculty level, just fun, silly, stupid horror movie. But there was an era of them. And yes. for me, that was always mine. Final Destination is a great one because it was that same era. Was that around so, Idle, Idle Hands? It was. Yeah, it was yep, absolutely. Era. Yep. It, almost that, around maybe a year after. So that was actually in Casey, to your point. Disturbing behavior did not do well, but in my opinion, at that time, those horrors, thriller, suspenses, young, that's probably one of the better told stories movies that came out mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, like, it's it had a complete a really story. Cool, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree. So, all right. Uh, so, there's my five cents. But you, Mick, 
I, you know what? I went with mine. Uh, they're movies that I'm actually astonished aren't higher. Like, okay. wh- wh- what were the critics thinking when they came out? And one that comes to mind is Jumanji. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Really? Wow. Yeah, Jumanji got a 52%. Now, I know it's on the higher end, but it's Jumanji. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's, <laughs> that, that should be a way higher. And it really bugs me that it's not. Like, I, I don't get hook at 29%. But for the movie that is famously known for Steven Spielberg watched the premiere and then went outside and cried in his limo because he thought, I just sold out. But he had to make that movie to make Schindler's List. I get that movie, Baby, being in the 50s because as much fun and nostalgia as it is, there's some issues there. Sure. But at 29%, but Jumanji, at like that still feels like... Jumanji's like next level in my opinion. That, that was such it. an amazing movie. National we're talking Treasure. about the wait, we're talking about the original, right? With Robin Williams. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, to yeah. be clear, definitely, yeah, yeah. And I didn't mind the sequels either. I'll just say that. But National Treasure as at forty six percent. Great movie. Great. Yeah, I think it's it, it it's right up there with the Indiana Jones movies. Indiana Jones has a, a little bit more of a hook for the filmmaking side, but yeah, no, it's this is one where. Yeah, it's it's National Treasure. It's up there. It was such a great movie. Forty six. Uh, yeah, he had a run at the top for a while. But yeah, National Treasure had kind of had like a Goonies feel to me, like an adult Goonies in a way. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Space Jam at forty three percent. Okay. The original. That's that's odd to me. It, like like it was it was on my list, but because it was forty three percent, it was higher than all the other five. Yeah. But it was definitely on my list for sure. I'm just like I don't think I've ever met anybody who doesn't like that movie right so like i just and it's same with jumanji and national Treasure. i i've never heard a bad thing about either of those any of those movies and for them to come up like below 50 percent or or like on that cusp of rotten come on your stupid website and the soundtrack was, <laughs> and the soundtrack was high and the soundtrack, oh, yeah, everyone knows soundtrack was great Absolutely. uh space falls at 57 percent. oh my goodness <laughs> space falls yeah space that's falls a legacy that's a legacy. No, no, no. <laughs> it's 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 like right on the cusp, and it's mm-hmm. like, how do you call that movie rotten in any shape, way, or form? How do you call any Mel Brooks movie rotten? But What's about quotables? That movie had a lot of quotables. What? Well, Absolutely. It did. It really did. What? Everything. Everything in that movie was just fantastic. And for it to be at that level, I was I was kind of pissed. I was I was annoyed. Number one is a personal favorite of mine. I can see why maybe some people might not like it as much, but I don't think I've ever met anybody who didn't think it was funny. Or sh- and I don't think it should be this low. But at thirty eight percent, it's Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, uh, you know what? I just tried watching yes. the other day. I I I'm spoiled in a way. I it's hard for me to depending on the movie. It's hard for me to go back if the quality isn't there. Yes, right? like visually, I get that. it just doesn't look as good. So I'm like, ah, I can't do it. But uh, especially if I never saw before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's fair. But yeah. I literally just tried to watch it the other day. I, I, I'm going to put that back on my list. We embrace absurdity here on the scene subs. And, <laughs> and <laughs> that is a movie that definitely does as well. So mm-hmm. I, I'm all for it. I love that comedy. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my five. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. that's. I mean, th- this, this was such an interesting topic. And as I was mm-hmm. telling the fellas before we even got on, like just going through this research and yeah, I was getting pissed. Like <laughs> some of the, we don't really do honorable mentions really, but I got to just name some of these things that I was like, wow, here's one that's more recent. Super Mario Brothers 
it's like killing in the box office, but I thought it was actually really good. The animated film there, and that's yeah. at 58%. The Fast yeah. and Furious at 54%. Austin Powers <laughs> Gold Member. It's about family, that's why. Yeah, it's all about family, right? <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have friends, he only has family. Yeah, <laughs> Austin Powers Gold Member, I am your Faja. Like, oh my goodness, how is that like a rotten tomato? My Girl was a rotten tomato. Karate Kid 2 was a rotten tomato. Wow, uh, what else did we? Yeah, Teen Wolf. <laughs> Just oh yeah, that's two. terrible. What? Uh, yeah, love Rush and, Hour too. No. That's that, yeah. one of the best is... sequels of all time. Agreed. Thank that you, Casey. Proof positive. A hundred percent. So so. Thank you, Casey. I, I, you know what? That's my turn. I needed my self esteem boosted. So I got, roasted. <laughs> I got roasted in my sequels episode for putting that on the list. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't a think one. that's a, no, that's a, it's good a great one. one. There was a lot of Eddie Murphy movies. A ton. Yeah. Daddy Daycare was one is Daddy one of my Daycare. all-time favorite like family movies. And that that mm-hmm. got like 27%. Two Robin Williams movies that I, I really, really love. What Dreams May Come. Which love it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was and then one of my favorite Robin Williams movies that people don't really get is Bicentennial Man. I love that movie. Great movie. Um, and they're, they're, they're not thinking what the people are thinking. And I think it goes back to what Mick was saying. Forget what the critics were saying. Look at the popcorn score. That's what you need to look Boom. at. What are the people saying? Better yet, ignore all of that and just go watch the Yeah, yeah. And make a decision right. on your make damn your own show. decision. Yeah, make yeah. your own damn decision. Mick, Casey, scene snobs. If people wanted to find you out there in the universe, how would they find you? Honestly, type in the scene snobs and you'll be good. It's <laughs> spelled the way it said. Go to thescenesnobs.com. You'll find all of our stuff. Follow us on social media. Check out our shows. Hopefully, give us a like and subscribe. We'd appreciate it. But yeah, it, it's you know, just if you type our name in, you'll be able to find us. And hopefully, you'll be entertained. Part of the community. Yes, you mentioned the community. What's the best way to get involved in the community? So watching our live shows on Tuesday night, starting at 9 p.m. And also during the day on Friday mornings from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's how, where you can interact with us during the show, but also join our Discord. If you head over to thescenesnobs.com, all the links there are there for you. Yep. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good show, guys. Check it out. Thank you. Definitely, definitely, you. definitely. Scene Snobs, we're going to go ahead and say goodnight to the people. We'll start off with HLS. Go ahead. Say goodnight to the people. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut, and I didn't go with my gut. You guys stepped in the wrong direction, but it's okay. We'll get them next time. Good night, everybody. And uh, people, I'll go ahead and say goodnight, but scene snobs, your decision-making is quite questionable. I have to say that. I really do have to say that. Uh, But this was a fun time. I will get him, get them next time. At least I wasn't the double third place loser. I guess that's what I could say out of this. And logical genius and our double champ for this week. Uh, I just got to say, so, so juve. HLS. The champ is here. The logical champion. People, I did it again. Casey and Mick representing the scene snobs. Please say goodnight to the people. Good night, everybody. We appreciate you guys having us on tonight. This is a lot of fun. Loved hearing your takes on these movies, these five the five different movies you guys threw at us, but just so much fun. This is a great show, everybody. So do everything they say and more. <laughs> be kind to yourselves and be kind to each other. Oh.